Thanks for joining the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, where we discuss best practices in HR, hot topics, strategy, and employment law changes that have an impact on business. Follow us on our website at www.zeniumhr.com to get access to our articles, alerts, and to listen to other podcast episodes. And now, here's your host, Brandon Laws, with today's episode. Welcome, everybody. This is Brandon Laws, and this is the HR for Small Business podcast. I'm with Megan Leatherman today. She is an HR consultant in Portland, Oregon, and graduated with a master's in conflict and dispute resolution from the University of Oregon. Welcome, Megan. Hi, Brandon. Thank you for having me. So you're an expert in conflict resolution, and that is our topic. So why don't you describe some of the examples of conflicts that come up in the workplace? Yeah. So there are a couple of different levels of conflicts that can come up in the workplace. One, of course, is the kind of supervisor employee conflicts about, say, communication or expectations for the job. There are peer to peer conflicts. Um, so coworkers who have maybe confusion around who is responsible for doing what or, you know, if an employee is promoted ahead of another. There are more serious con- conflicts related to, say, discrimination or harassment Um And then there are organization-wide conflicts that can be related to a company's transition or growth or just changes happening um, at a higher level. So there are a couple different examples I can think of, but um, those are some. Yeah, why why don't we pull a thread on that? So what, I mean, you mentioned a few of the reasons why conflicts actually start, but I mean, from, it sounds like from a supervisor to employee or peer-to-peer, like the the amount of conflicts and the the reasons why would be pretty vast. Maybe give some examples of ones you've kind of ran across in the last few years. Yeah. Um, So I can think of a a few different sources of conflict. So one is about resources, right? So these are tangible things like your pay rate, office space, or your benefits package. Um, There are conflicts related to relationships, which is what most of us think about when we hear the word conflict. So that's kind of the interpersonal tension that comes up. Um, There are conflicts related to processes, so how work is done or how information is shared in the workplace. Um, conflicts about data, so who has access to what kinds of information, um, and then conflicts about you know, values, so our the deeply held beliefs that we all have about the world. Um, and if you're working with someone who has very different values, um, you know, conflict is kind of a natural thing that's going to come up between the two of you. Yeah, conflict is pretty inevitable. But of those ones you just listed, what do you think is the easiest one to to resolve? If there is an easy one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably things like processes and data. So those are usually pretty easy to structure um, or at least make very clear, you know, get it in writing, have a map of how a process is working. Things like resources, you know, people feel very strongly about how they're paid and how they're compensated. So those often become like, you know, pretty personal. And then relationships get messy and values. Values are definitely the most difficult one to resolve. Um, So I'd say data or processes are usually the easiest. (laughs) Yeah, and it seems like the reason why is it's it's pretty black and white. Mm-hmm. It's very objective versus like the values part. I mean, everybody has different values or the relationships are always different. So that seems like it would be pretty complicated to to solve the relationships or values problem. Now, how in your mind with, with the relationships or values, the maybe the tougher ones, how do you go about resolving some of those issues? 
Yeah. Um, so sometimes there is no resolution, right? So that's why we use the term conflict management. You're really just kind of mm. managing this thing that keeps good, coming good up. Point. Yeah. Um, but to get at a, re- a real resolution, um, things you can do are kind of focusing on trying to resolve the conflict at the lowest level. So before HR or anyone else gets involved, really equipping your managers or your employees with the skills required to manage the conflict themselves. Um, if the conflict has just already been escalated, you know, ideally you have an HR team or a person in HR who is capable of either coaching or um, kind of noticing what the underlying issues are. HR can perform kind of a pseudo mediation with all of the parties or meet with them separately in what's called a caucus and kind of figure out how to get things going. Um, and then, of course, if things just get larger or more sensitive, there are, you know, professional workplace mediators um, and then you know, obviously litigation is kind of the last most escalated way to resolve issues. But if you can get at it at the lowest level and kind of get at some of the underlying issues, um, that's usually the most sustainable and the best for everybody involved. Yeah. And, and, and it seems like the, the best route would be for the, the two parties or multiple parties involved to solve it uh, themselves or, or manage the conflict themselves. But how, if, both parties are stubborn like like I am. <laughs> how, how, how do you recognize that either we're on totally opposite sides of an issue and maybe I should be the bigger person and, and start trying to resolve this or manage it? I mean, I think there are a couple different things you can do. I think asking really open-ended questions like, tell me more about why you feel that way or how does this situation affect you? What do you think would help move us forward? Those things kind of get the conversation going. I think managing your own emotional reaction to conflict is really important. Even if you're not involved as a party to a conflict, you're kind of just a third party observer, you're, you still are probably getting kind of escalated, right? So it's stressful to be around conflict. So if you can manage that and kind of deescalate your system, get out of that fight or flight mode, you're going to be way more open to ideas or, you know, other ways to problem solve. Um, And then I think getting your creative juices going so that you can kind of see the larger picture, think outside the box about ways to resolve issues is something that's really important. I think people are talking more about how to include creativity more in our workplaces. And I think it's, it's really helpful not only for conflict resolution, but just kind of your overall, you know, productivity and, and well-being as an employee. When conflicts arise and the, the two or multiple people are are in it, what typically happens like a, when a third party steps in and they sort of recognize there's an issue? What What is usually the first sign of something going wrong in the workplace where somebody like a third party does need to step in? Well, usually we can recognize, um, you know, kind of either harsh language or, you know, curt tones or the way someone is communicating. Um, sometimes that can be overt and seemingly kind of aggressive between two people. Other times it could be just an employee avoiding another employee, right? A lot of us avoid conflict, like the plague, because it's scary. Um, so if you're noticing that one of your team members is constantly avoiding someone or avoiding um, a task or or any other piece, you can maybe kind of assume that there's something there that is either scary or not something they want to deal with. Um, I think people are usually pretty nervous about acknowledging that there's conflict going on, but um, you kind of have to name it before you can start fixing it. Yeah. And so as a, let's say a supervisor and you're sort of observing a conflict happening between a couple of your employees, what are some good questions to ask uh, to either person, party, whatever it is, uh, to, to, to really kind of pull the thread and try to start managing that conflict? 
Yeah, I mean, I think questions that start with how, why, what, um, I think as long as it's coming across as really supportive and not like you're kind of an inquisitor, um, questions that come across as really supportive and kind of open-ended and just allow employees to fill in the blanks um, to talk about how something is affecting them or how they're relating to another coworker. Obviously, it's really important that there's a supportive foundation there already, right? So they they should feel comfortable talking to you about this kind of stuff. If that relationship isn't there, it's going to be pretty tough and you're probably not going to get a lot of information using those questions. But hopefully if that's there, you can really get at the root of what's going on. Yeah. And the word you said supportive actually kind of sticks out in my mind. It's like as a third party observer, somebody that's trying to manage the conflict, you don't want to necessarily fix the problem. You want to support them so they can kind of sort of fix it themselves or figure it out for themselves exactly. so they can kind of learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say at this point of the ex- of some of the examples you've run across uh, in your time as a kind of conflict and dispute resolution uh, in your experience, can you walk us through some examples of maybe some some weird conflicts that didn't really have a, a good ending? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I can think of one that I mediated um, between an employee and a supervisor. So the supervisor was quite a bit younger than the employee. They were two women. Um, and both of them had very direct kind of harsh communication styles, um, which totally works for some people. For others, it's pretty off-putting, but um, there was just very palpable tension between the two of them. Um, The employee was working part-time in a role that was essentially kind of a go-between between a former career that had been really successful um, and retirement, right? So this was kind of supposed to just be a fun gig she was doing until she was ready to fully retire. So their tension was really impacting their team, the team's performance. They just could not work well together. So the department manager approached me. Um, he found out that I had advanced training in mediation. So we agreed we would conduct a workplace mediation for these two employees. In the mediation was me, the department manager, the employee, and the supervisor. And we just kind of went through a very typical mediation, which we hadn't done in my workplace up until then. But essentially, um, We started with unstructured time for each of them to kind of share what brought them to the table. They had some very structured back and forth about what they'd each like to see differently. And then we spent a large chunk of time coming up with a written agreement to outline, you know, how they would communicate and work together. So this was really like me at the whiteboard, encouraging them to brainstorm ways to communicate and work together. Um, So after the mediation, I followed up with a written agreement and scheduled a check-in for a couple months later. Um, And I think people, well, I know both of the parties left feeling better about their working relationship, but a couple months later, the supervisor actually, I think as a result of kind of getting through this process and thinking critically, decided that she just wasn't up for managing people. Um, And so she actually transitioned to a more kind of professional non-managerial role, um, which was not an outcome I was expecting, but it seemed like it kind of brought up some clarity about, you know, what each person wanted in, in their workplace. It sounds like you really led each person to, to sort of make the decision for themselves, but you know, on, on the outcome side, it's not what you expected right. at all. Mm-hmm. So if it would have went the way you had hoped, uh, what would it have been? Well, I mean, I guess it really was for the best if the manager just came to that decision that it wasn't the right role for her. I had envisioned, you know, a much better working relationship, some structured check-ins about how both parties were doing. 
But um, I think for the employee, it really made her feel supported and like the organization was invested in making her workplace better and making her relationship with her supervisor work. So I felt really good about about that piece. You just recently did a training on on conflict management, and you'd mentioned something about interest-based solutions uh, to conflict management. Can you talk about that a little bit and maybe some of the um, the approaches uh, that, that come along with that? In the conflict resolution world, we talk about positions and interests. So your position is kind of what you're demanding, what you're asking for in, say, a negotiation or or any kind of conflict that you're having. The interests are the underlying why behind that position. So why are they asking for a pay raise? Why are they asking for more time off? Um, It's the kind of the bottom of the iceberg that you might not see initially because what they're presenting is their position. So in order to come up with a sustainable agreement that's really going to address the concerns of each of the parties, you want to get at those interests. So ways you do that are by asking those open-ended questions, really giving the space for people to kind of talk about why they're asking for, say, a pay raise. Um, And again, thinking creatively, being supportive, managing the emotions that are involved in conflict. You know, we see that a high emotional IQ really results in much better management. And I think being attuned to your employees' needs um, or to what your peers are saying or or are concerned about is really going to help you understand what's going on beneath the surface and get at some of the root causes there. That's interesting. I didn't even think about it that way. So the interest-based questions would help kind of shed some light on why they're even taking a position in the first place. Yeah, exactly. In in your mind, that is, I mean, you've seen it work, right? I mean, mm-hmm. otherwise, what what is a typical uh, third party, what sort of questions would they sort of default to if they weren't attuned to the interest-based solutions? Well, it would probably just be a lot of questions about someone's position. So if someone is asking to transfer departments, um, you might ask... I mean, I'm sure you would ask why, right? But it kind of depends on the tone that you use. Sometimes that can feel kind of accusatory or like (laughs) pretty direct and non-inviting. They might ask, you know, which department do you want to transition to? Or who do you want to be under? Who do you want to report to? What kind of work do you want to do? Just kind of a lot of questions that are pretty um, surface level and related to the position itself instead of, you know, tell me why you decided to bring this up now. Are there things that are happening with your supervisor that feel concerning? You know, what's the best case scenario that you're thinking about or what would make you feel really satisfied? What outcome would make you feel really satisfied? Just kind of more open, more creative questions um, that people might not have rehearsed kind of safe answers to, to get it, to get it why they're really asking for what they are asking for. Oh, this has been uh, an amazing conversation and such like such good information. What a, what else, if anything, would you want to tell listeners about conflict management? Uh, maybe anything that they're involved in with the situation or how they can help help manage it. Yeah, um, I would say don't be afraid. Um, this is something that's going to keep coming up. It's just kind of the natural tension that comes up between people working together. Um, It happens at every level in our human interactions. So um, just kind of being comfortable sitting with it and trying not to um, avoid conflicts that seem really serious or problematic. Um, I would again say to get creative in your work life. For me, I do 
floral design on the side and that really gets my brain kind of working in a different way and seeing problems differently. I, I really feel strongly that that's important. And it also rejuvenates you so that you can kind of act as that source of calm in the midst of the storm that's happening. Things like deep breathing during a conflict, um, grounding exercises, which um, if folks don't know, that's things like kind of feeling yourself sitting in your chair or just kind of checking in with your body about how you're feeling. There are lots of websites that are are great and have a lot of information. There's a website called mediate.com. There's an organ mediation association that does awesome trainings for folks, um, even if you have never mediated or talked about conflict management before. Um, there's a book called Conscious Communication by Miles Schertz. Um, Staying with Conflict is another book by Bernard Mayer that I really like. Um, and there are lots of great workplace mediators in the Portland area who can act as a resource as well if something just feels really out of control. And then, Brandon, you're ha- I'm welcome to like list me as a resource. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to uh, list a way to, that people can get in touch with you, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So you can reach me. I just, I'll give you my personal email. It's just Megan, M-E-G-A-N dot Leatherman, L-E-A-T-H-E-R-M-A-N at gmail.com. Um, and I love talking about this stuff. So I'm happy to act. I, I can tell you love it because <laughs> you're, you're very good at it. You, you're, you sound like you know what you're doing. <laughs> and, uh, and I love the resources too. So we'll definitely put links up to the books that you mentioned in awesome. any other resource. So Great. really appreciate you joining for the podcast. Yeah. And yeah, we'll hopefully catch up again. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. If you like what you heard, we would love it if you went to iTunes, gave us a five-star review. And either way, if you uh, have feedback for us, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. If you want more information on guests, the host, or about any other content, please go to www.zeniumhr.com. That's www.zeniumhr.com. Thanks for joining us today. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.